Thank You for the cross, Lord. Thank You for the price You paid. He gave His life. He gave His life that we might live. And just thinking about, we we do uh, communion here second Sunday every month. And it just seems the Lord, uh, we, we sing songs of the cross, we we look at verses and and just preach the cross again. This verse has kept coming back to me. It's Galatians 6.14. Galatians 6.14, where the Apostle Paul said, But God forbid that I should boast. If you're in the King, the King James, that I should glory. But God forbid that I should boast, that I should glory, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do give you thanks for all things. Oh, but Lord, especially, we give thanks for a plan of salvation. A plan of salvation that meant your only begotten Son had to go to the cross. And so, Lord, help us to remember Christ. Help us to remember the cross. Help us to remember the blood that was shed on our behalf so that our sins might be covered and we might be forgiven. As we come to your word today, Father, just the the reminder of the old reformer's prayer, Lord, what we know not, teach us. What we have not, give us. And who we are not, make us. For Christ's sake and in His name I pray. Amen. Amen. But God forbid that I should boast, that I should glory, except in the cross of Jesus Christ. And that, that uh, I say often, I'm not a Greek scholar, but I can look up things up. And, and that Greek word translated as boast means to exalt, to glory, to rejoice, to boast in, to joy over and the apostle paul says god forbid that i should rejoice that i should boast that i should glory in anything except the cross of jesus christ why 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 would paul say such a thing well it's it's because of this because the sacrifice of the lord jesus christ on the cross is the source of every believer's righteousness and acceptance before God. It comes to the cross. Second uh, Corinthians 5. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21. For He, for God, made Him, Jesus Christ, for He made Him who knew no sin to be, what? Sin for us. And again, you could put yourself in a verse to be sin for me. For me. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. Why? That we might become the righteousness of God in him, in Christ. See, for, for born again, for, for redeemed, brother, you <laughs> talking about how you today redeemed. Redeemed. That's a good response. That every day for the born again believer, we wake up redeemed. Redeemed. We didn't lose it during the night. 
Nothing can snatch us out of His hand. Redeemed. Every good thing, every good and precious promise was was obtained for us by the cross of Jesus Christ. Because apart from the death of Christ, sinners get nothing but judgment. Apart from the cross of Christ, there is only condemnation. Therefore, everything that we enjoy in Christ, everything we boast in, everything we rejoice in is owing to the death of Christ on the cross. And may we always remember that. I hope we can understand a little bit of what Paul is saying. All our boasting, all of our rejoicing should flow from the source of the cross of Jesus Christ. Let's go to Ephesians, the second chapter. You see, we are are born sinners, aren't we? Yes. See, we, we are sinners by nature, children of wrath. Apart from Christ, far from the covenant of promise, but... But we who believe have been brought near to God. And how? Brother, you, you talked about it this morning. Let, let's read Ephesians 2 verses 11 through 13. Therefore remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands, that at that time you were without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. That was every one of us at one point. All in darkness, all dead in our trespasses and sins, far from God, far from the covenants of promise, lost and on our way to wrath and hell. And and Brother Brian, you mentioned it, but God. That's that's the first two words of that verse 13. But God, but now, but now, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. But now, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were afar off have been brought near how? By the blood of Jesus Christ, by the blood of Christ, by the work of the cross. You read from Colossians, I'm going to read it again. Colossians 1, verses 13 and 14. Colossians 1, 13 and 14. We read these a lot, but oh my goodness. Listen, listen. He, the Lord, has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. Once in darkness, once only darkness, no light at all in our sins, but light shone. But light shone. He delivered us from the power of darkness. Verses 19 through 22. Oh, we love these. For it pleased the Father that in Him, in Christ, all the fullness should dwell, and by Him to reconcile all things to himself by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. And you, who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. You see, we will stand clothed in a righteousness not of our own, All of our righteousness are nothing but what? Filthy rags. Oh, but 
but upon the cross. Because, because of believing, because of Him shining light into a dark place, because of Him raising us from our deadness and giving us spiritual life, we will stand one day before God the Father clothed in the righteousness of Christ. Clothed in His righteousness, not of our own. And we will stand holy, blameless, and above reproach. Let's go a little bit farther. Colossians 2, verses 13 and 14. And again, child of God, I I pray, is it good that we remind ourselves of this? It is, it is. We need to remember and remind ourselves continually, continually. Because if we don't, we may tend to despair when things of the world start happening. But all may we remember the cross. Colossians 2, verses 13 and 14. And you, being dead in your trespasses and uncircumcision of your flesh, He has made alive together with Him, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and He has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. The cross. There's a... Uh, a, a verse from the old hymn, It Is Well. Did We remember it. We can remember this. You remember it? It starts out, My sin, oh the bliss. My sin, oh the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole is nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh, my soul, it is well with my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. Because of what Christ has done. Because of what He has done. We, we can say, my, my sin, I've, I've been covered by the blood of Christ. And it is well with my soul. It is well. Paul knew the great importance of the cross. I want to read just, I'm going to can we just read some verses. Let's just read First uh, Corinthians 2. 1 Corinthians 2, verses 1 and 2, we're going to be in Corinthians for a while. 1 Corinthians 2, verses 1 and 2, and this is Paul speaking. And he says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. See, see, that's Paul humbling himself. Because we know he was a a very learned man. 
He was very educated. But he knows that he has to come humbled and humbled. And he says, I have determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Much, much like what he had said in Galatians. And what was Paul's message? What did Paul preach? I'm, I'm going to back up into 1 Corinthians 1, verses 21 through 24. 1 Corinthians 1, 21 through 24. For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. Who will be saved? Those who believe. Believe what? Their own religion, their own man-made whatever they want to come up with. Uh, thinks, uh, okay, I'm, yeah, I'm okay. Me and God, we've got it all worked out. Now, what's the word say? What's the word say? Well, we, we believe the cross of Christ. We believe the message of Jesus Christ. We believe uh, Him dying for sin, Him buried, and Him ro- rising again. To, to believe the, the message of, of the gospel of Christ. Verse 22, for Jews request a sign and Greeks seek after wisdom. <laughs> that's, that's still today, isn't it? Jews are still looking for a sign. And the Gentiles, the, the people of the world, are, are, are still seeking after wisdom, trying to figure this thing all out. But we preach it. Here's what Paul says. Here's his message. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block, and it still is today. And to the Greeks' foolishness, which it still is today. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. See, to those who believe, to those who are born again, the gospel message is is Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. To the Jews, it's a stumbling block. To the Greeks, it's foolishness. You know, Paul had said earlier, uh, I'm going to go back into 1 Corinthians 1, verse 18. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 18 says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us, to the saved. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. <laughs> who does the Lord save? And it pleased the Lord through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. And, and and there that brings me to the question I probably ask every Sunday. Do you believe? The, the most important question that we could ask anyone. And the response uh, uh, to that question has eternal consequences. Do you believe? Are you saved? Just let me read John 3 verses 14 through 19. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, lifted up on a cross. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. But that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned already. Because he has not believed In the name of the only begotten Son of God. How important is that little word, do you believe? Romans 10, 9 through 13. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be 
saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You see, for those who believe in the message of the cross, it becomes for them the power of God unto salvation. And so I hope you can have an honest answer when that question is asked, do you believe? Because Christ died for our sins on the cross and took away the wrath of God so that we might stand wholly blameless and above reproach before Him. In Romans 5, verses 8 and 9. Romans 5, 8 and 9. But God demonstrates His own love toward us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, having now been justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. Saved from wrath. God's wrath that will one day fall upon all unbelievers. Because in this world, there's only two categories of people. There's either believers and unbelievers. There is no in-between. There is no other way to God except through Christ And you either believe in the message of the cross, you believe the gospel of Jesus Christ, or you're an unbeliever and will one day fall under the wrath of God. It's as simple as that. I want to read this. And and I know throughout the years, I've probably read this several times. And I I tried to look to see when the last time I read this. I'm not real sure. But this is an excerpt from, uh, some of you have read uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones' The Cross, the book The Cross. And this is just some pieces and probably bits of paraphrase from that book. And if you would, just just listen. Just listen. Why? Why glory in the cross? Because it is by this that the whole world is crucified to me and I to the world. It is the means of my salvation. It is the very way in which I am saved. Our Lord dying on that cross is the very thing that saves us. If He had not died upon the cross, nobody would ever have been saved. There would be no gospel to preach. It is the saving event. It is the act whereby our salvation is accomplished. That is why the Apostle Paul glories in it. That is why Isaac Watts says, When I survey the wondrous cross... It is the thing that saves us and without which we would not be saved at all. Why is the cross the saving event? Because without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Jesus Christ came to this earth to become the perfect, unblemished by sin, sacrificial lamb. John the Baptist had only one sermon and he kept on repeating it. And it was this, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. All of the sacrificed lambs in the Old Testament were but types and shadows of the perfect lamb that was yet to come. God provided for Himself this perfect lamb in His own Son. This is what happened on Calvary's tree. God took your sins and mine and He put them on the head of His own Son. And then He smote Him. He punished Him. He struck Him. He killed Him. The wages of sin, the cost of sin, the penalty for sin is death. 
So what was happening on the cross was that God himself was laying your sins and mine upon his dearly beloved son and he paid the penalty of our guilt and our transgressions. End quote. I think Lloyd-Jones said it pretty good, don't you? May we remember and never forget what Christ has done. And remember the cross And Jesus Christ Himself left us a means by which we can remember. Let me read 1 Corinthians 11, verses 23 through 26. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which He was betrayed took bread. And when He had given thanks, He broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you, do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. And just the picture of Christ in the upper room with his disciples. And he took a couple of the elements from the the Passover meal that was spread out on the table. First he took the bread and Jesus said, he had been talking to the disciples. He'd been telling them in John 6 verse 35. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Then you go a little bit further, verse 50, 51. This is the bread which comes down from heaven that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh which I shall give for the life of the world. You see, Jesus, he was was telling them what was coming. I've often wondered, I wonder if they thought back to these Verses, the, the time when Christ actually said this to them when they were there in the upper room. And he took the cup and he talked of a new covenant in my blood. Matthew twenty six twenty eight. For this is my blood of the new covenant which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Ephesians 1, 7. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. See, Jesus willingly came and gave himself. He died for us. Oh, child of God, remember what Christ has done for you. And that's what we do. So, Father, help us as as we enter into the communion time, Lord. Help us to remember. This Lord, speak to each heart. Draw us all close to you. Help us to see Christ. Help us to honor the sacrifice this morning. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen.